0: Morning or afternoon whenever you are listening to this and welcome to one Cardinal, one cub and one beer, the Hopper Jackson podcast. And uh before uh, we go any further, I do want to implore you to like us on Facebook. follow us on Twitter or is it called X or something? I don't know. Um, I don't use it that often. so anyway you can contact us through one card one cup, one beer at gmail.com. Uh, please subscribe to our page by clicking on the icon at the bottom right or at the end of this uh, podcast, telecast, channel cast, whatever you call it. Um, <laughs> if you're watching on your TV or your computer, if you just click on the little round circle, you will subscribe. Um, it has been a wonderful week for me. JJ, what kind of a week has it been for you?
1: For me personally, great week. And it's topped off by getting this talk baseball. There's nothing yeah. better than sitting here with Vince Opper, the man himself, talking baseball. Um, the Cubs, hey, go- I can't wait to hear about your cubbies. Oh, I'll get there, but
0: <laughs> I I'm not the collector that you are. Something really has to catch my eye, and usually it's an old baseball book. So uh Kathy and I we stopped at a uh um thrift shop yesterday. And I found this Major League Baseball, 1949 season. It Br- is, a, is it Lou drawer on the front? Lou is Boudreau, that- yes. Uh, after his MVP season of 48. And Lou Boudreau also uh, uh, was uh, the uh, color commentator on uh, WGN baseball for the Cubs whenever I was growing up. And he was so knowledgeable. But this is like... a. This is like looking at one of those uh, baseball digest um, books that they would sell at the end of the year. You know, of the uh, recap of the year. Um, it's that. got some uh, got some pictures. Like, there's Harry Beechan in, oh, in yeah. there. Uh, Jack Kramer uh, in that famous movie Kramer versus Kramer. Uh, Johnny Sane, you know, from oh. Spain span insane and pray for rain for the red Sox back in the forties uh pretty cool book yeah i i haven't had time to thumb through it but i i got this for four dollars and um i have quite a few of the old baseball books because when i see them i pick them up i got this one in Vessus, and it's it's secondhand store so we go through two three times a year and they do have a lot of baseball stuff in it but i've not seen anything as cool as this old baseball book so i got it so
1: i i love it i love the old uh how they, they photograph baseball with the pitcher with the follow through or maybe them with a the bat loosening up, There's just some real classic photos there. That's pretty yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. So anyway, proceed. I just want to get that out of the way before I forgot about it.
1: Well, uh, I don't know when you wanted me to mention this, but I made a trip Saturday down to Springfield. I, I, the Cardinals were in town. Memphis was in town and Springfield was in town. And my wife went to college in Springfield. You have family that went to college in Springfield, too. My
0: wife's a graduate from there. Uh, My brother-in-law's a graduate from there. And my daughter, Rebecca, is working on her graduate degree there right now. So,
1: Well, if I'd known that, they could have come out to the ballgame with us. We had a blast. Uh, Hammonds Field. uh, I was standing in line, uh, uh, and I'll tell you about that in a minute, but I'm standing in line, and I'm you know, me, I can't stay quiet. I'm just talking baseball with everybody in line. And his kid goes, I, your voice sounds familiar. And I said, well, uh, I don't know. You, you ever listen to baseball podcasts? And they go, yeah. And I said, uh, you know, one Cardinal, one Cub, one beer. And they said, this, and the guy got his phone out and said, yeah, right here. And I said, well, that's me. I'm the Cardinal guy. And the kid said, I recognized your voice. I know I, I have that Arkansas voice, you know but uh met some great people it's a great time uh this family their, their last name was means they're watching it tonight uh there'll be a little video later and they were on there and they love the show and they wanted to be on but they were nervous so i said well i'll just ask you a couple of quick questions they said yeah uh they had a brother they had a cousin that played for the kansas city team the northeast arkansas naturals and they were there to watch him uh he's an infielder um uh, Jacob means. Uh, it's a great time. Uh, 8,000 people. Uh, if you want to get the seats where they feed you all you can eat, you got to get them early because those go pretty quick. But uh, I saw uh, I what I believe was Tink Hintz's family. There was a whole family with Hintz, uh, Hintz, uh jerseys and hats with hints on the side. So uh, my wife goes, don't go talk to them. Don't talk to them. And I went down and I talked <laughs> to them. I said, Hey, T Kids, we're excited in St. Louis today. We're like, ah, oh, they were all high-fiving me and everything. Just a good time. Now, our our team is 17 and six down there. We're in second place. We lost five to nothing, but I got to see some of the uh prospects down there. Um uh, like I said, Jake Means over for Kansas City. I didn't know a lot of theirs, but Team Kent did not pitch the day I went. And the, I was there Saturday, Sunday. Helsley was down there uh, doing a rehab assignment, so I missed him. But uh, I got to see Mac uh, Svanson. Uh, I saw him warming up. I didn't see him pitch. Uh, we had a kid named Alex Cromwell pitch. Went about six innings and gave up two runs. Did a nice job. Uh hit the contacts Cardinal pit type pitcher as usual um yeah but uh Chandler Redmond's down there and he's a kid that's a lot of promise uh and we got the kid from um Toronto uh Thomas Sagis. now he's hitting about 310 he went over four that day but he got three hits the next day uh uh looks good looks good a nice fielder. And uh, Victor Scott II is also down there. So there's a lot of good prospects. Just try to get out and get to some minor league games. You won't be disappointed. And uh, you know me, Vince. I don't pass up the opportunity to add to the collection. I got a little pocket schedule, the 2023 Springfield Cardinals. It's got everything you need to know, all the promotions. And one good thing about going to Springfield is if St. Louis has a promotion, they'll probably have like 25000 of that item or maybe 10000 down there, they'll have 2000 So get in line, maybe an hour early. Parking is right next to it. Everything's much cheaper, and you can get some of the same items. But they have things down there that we don't have in St. Louis. And I got the Lars New Bar, pepper shaker, paper grinder uh, bobblehead right there. Yeah, he's doing the pepper grinder, Vince. It's, the, it's all the rage right there. And uh, <laughs> this thing, it's pretty darn cool. It's got the little pepper grinder, Lars Newbar, and on the back, it's uh grind the pepper. So how about that? I, I'm a nerd for this kind of stuff. So uh, anyway, uh, but the means kids wanted to say hi to you that they watch. And I was blown away. Here I am in Springfield, Missouri, and there's somebody who's watched the podcast. That kind of just that freaked me out. So it's it's nice to meet y'all folks. And I'm glad you're aboard. And uh, I hope we don't disappoint you. So we got little we got little leaguers. We got older people watching. I mean, that's fantastic. But uh, I had a great time down there we're
0: gonna have to make up one Cardinal one cup one royal and one beer That's yes
1: yeah they're <laughs> royal fans and we were talking about Kaufman Stadium and they hate and the dad said I hate to see the K go but uh they say this one's gonna be really nice so I'm gonna try to get out there a couple times before Yeah, the uh the, the uh, renderings stadium. I've
0: seen uh' they, they've, they've had a few different renderings um they look fantabulous and it makes me wonder how are they going to pay for that because like they're talking about a stadium that you would expect like uh new york or los angeles i'm like wow that's much nicer than the stuff i've seen vegas put out that they might build so yeah it's a pretty cool looking thing it'll be it.
1: a nice trip out there and see some good baseball they don't have scorecards they just have uh printouts with and and i kind of like it because they they keep you up to date on the latest news for the, the team and just all kinds of neat things. And then you can keep the scores on the back. So they just hand those out to you, which was pretty nice. And I had to get the Springfield Cardinal uh, glass right there so uh, to carry our uh, one beer, our one root beer or Mountain Dew or whatever. So anyway, this great time, and we got to go out there sometime. I'm glad I, I made the right choice. I didn't go to Memphis. I didn't go to St. Louis. I went down to Springfield. And, and You know what we really time. have to do? What's that?
0: Roll the film.
1: Roll that film. Well, 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 Vince, look where I'm at. It's Hammond Field, Springfield, Missouri. We're going to check out the Springfield Cardinals here today very nice. The people are starting to come in. like this place. Alright Bess, there we are, Hammond Field. They have a mural over here. fourteen miles to St. Louis. Vince, I got the Lars new bar pepper grinder bobblehead. head have a baby. Hey, hey. Yeah. Vince, I got a Royals fan here. What's your name? I'm
0: Carson Means. And I'm who's your favorite team? The Royals.
1: And who's your favorite player on the Kansas City Royals? Michael Macy. Michael Macy. All right. Well, hey guys, have a good day. Nice meeting you. What's your yes. name? Hi. Who's your favorite player?
0: Bobby
1: Witt Jr. Bobby Witt Jr. That's a good one. You guys take care. Alright, I'm in the stadium, Vince.
0: Look at that! Oh very cool.
1: Saturday in the park, baby. I thought it was the fourth of July. Vince is a bit kids. Look at, it. even the side of the hat, the Tell you what, it's going to be a big time. Even the pants are starting to wear his jersey. All right, Vince. Right now, it's the bottom of the fourth. And just like the big Cardinals, the little Cardinals are losing right now. One to nothing in the bottom of the fourth. But I've got to see Scott, Suggest, and Redmond all play today. So that's pretty cool.
0: Like fun. Those kids were cute.
1: Oh, they were great. They're great, man. That, yeah. I, they had the some neat items. One had a batting helmet that uh, Xavier Scruggs had signed. And that's another thing. If you're an autograph fan, you're right there on them. And these guys are just excited to be up there. They're trying to make it up to the majors. And uh they'll take pictures, they'll throw a lot of baseballs in the stands. It's a good time.
0: That that those two little kids, the second little kid was so cute, it's so serious who's your favorite oh, yeah. player with junior
1: <laughs> <laughs> he had a salvador perez uh jersey on too so that that's pretty cool yeah well in cardinal land you know it's after the post trade deadline and we're really just looking at a lot of the talent we got for next year what are we going to do the cardinals played um the twins and the rockies and we went uh two and four um uh, so the record was not good. Uh, just a inconsistent. That's what it is. There's times we look great, and there's times we're inconsistent. But some of the good things, uh, uh I tell you what, he's good. doing fine. Yeah, 5.2 innings. He took the loss, but he's doing good. Uh, Alec Burleson this week hit 500, which is a good week for most. I'll take it. Uh, he's been hitting some home runs. Wayno. Well, I'll get back to Wayno later. Steven Matz, three games now.
0: Finally beat someone other than the Cubs. Thank
1: yes. You, yes, he took out uh, Colorado 6-2 to two, and he went six innings and only gave up one earned run.
0: Hey, has, has he said anything about what his turnaround has been? Has he ironed something out? Or
1: No. Uh, the only thing I notice is he's going inside a little more and he's changing speed so good and going high and going low and snapping that ball off on the inside. I mean, even when he misses, he's just barely missing. And uh, I think some more calculated misses too, because he's getting those guys to chase. Uh, this is the guy we was hoping he would be, but you know how it is, Vince. Sometimes things just don't click for you, uh, with our defense, which I think will be good again next year. Uh, Maybe big things ahead for him. I'm not sure w- what was going on with him, uh, but uh, man, glad to have him. He's three and seven now, and his era is below four, uh, uh 391. Now, I know people say well, 391, but he's come from a long way to get it down to 391, so we'll take that. Um, also, there was a uh, oh, I got it written down here. Um, Zach Thompson. He came in, he hasn't pitched much this year. He came in and pitched four innings and struck at eight, and he looked dynamite. He was sent down to get stretched out to be a starter. He only went four innings, but I'm telling you what, he looked really good. Four innings pitched, one earned run, eight Ks and one walk. Uh, We lost the game one to nothing. We had every opportunity to win that game. We just couldn't get that two-out hit. And Austin Gombers, uh, the guy we traded to get uh, Arenado, he owned us that day and that happened sometimes you play great but the other team's just a little bit better and they were better that day so so two and four um also i've seen a statistic that's kind of cool since 1900 the cardinals won their 10,000th game and i think there's like four teams maybe uh up there of course a lot of these teams like the astros and the brewers haven't ever it's only like the reds and the pirates and the cubs and the cardinals and teams like that but uh 10,000 wins since nineteen hundred. That's an odd stat because we've been the Cardinals, or we've been in MLB since uh, eighteen ninety two. So, but anyway, we'll take that. Uh, good attendance too, even though the Cardinals are out of it. We were averaging about forty thousand to thirty eight thousand over those uh, six games. Uh, Luca Baker I want to kind of say something about him he's down in Memphis he's had come up for a little bit of cup of coffee but he doesn't get to play much but uh, he hit his 31st home run and the Cardinal record in the minors for a season is 37 which was set last year by Moises Gomez Uh, but uh, he's hitting 337 with 52 extra base hits 31 home runs and 89 RBIs and it's a shame. I wish we had a place for him to play, but we have so many DHS. We have a ton of guys that can play first base. Uh, maybe he'll be in a trade this uh, winter for uh, some pitching. Uh, I'd like to see this kid get a chance we've had, a, but uh, I don't know if it's going to be with us unless he can play the outfield. And I don't think he is an outfielder. So uh, yeah, we'll probably, see, we'll probably see him traded. Um let's see uh the, 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 the Cardinals have been uh and oh here's a sad sad stat first of all Waino uh just did not have it at his start and it's it's you know for the young Waino that we had it's it's just kind of sad that this is kind of his last hurrah I love this I they're sending him back out there he must he still gets a lot of strikeouts but they're just hitting them and scoring a lot of runs. And these are like dead quails that just kind of go out over the infield. And um oh, it's just so sad. But he's uh now three and six. He went three innings with seven earned runs and five K's. And uh he just put us in a hole. Um, now that we're this far along, we might as well go all the rest of the way with him. But if we were yeah. any kind of race, he would not be in the yeah, he wouldn't yeah. be pitching. So uh I love Wayno and he's been a great cardinal and that's kind of been the whole season for the Cardinals. Uh, a stat I saw, Vince, and I'm gonna uh, I I say the good and the bad. The bad with the Cardinals have been in last place out of uh, the 127 days we've been in last place. 94 out of 127 days, we're the last place team. Uh, some, but with every good bad, with every bad, there's a good. We could be about the fourth or fifth team to draft in the draft next year. So. You know, we'll take that, you know, uh, with everything. Uh, like I said, Helsley's in the rehab. Uh, he's going to come back. He's going to be, he's in double-A. I don't know how long it's going to be, but he'll be up soon. And the Cardinals, uh, 49 and 64. Ouch. I'd love to see him get to 70 wins, but I don't know. They're going to have to get hot just to win 70 games. Um, Mason Win. we thought it's going to be time for him to come up, but he actually got hurt. Uh, over the weekend, and he has a mild uh, glute strain. And, uh, oh, man, I can't wait for this kid to come out. He's 21 years old. He's from Katy, Texas, but the Cardinals aren't going to take any chances with him this year. If he's able to, he ought to be up in September and playing. And uh, that's really it, Vince. There really is no sunshine in St. Louis here for the Cardinals, but uh, I'm optimistic about next year. I'm liking to see all these players because we're out of it. And uh there's no pressure on us. But uh Cubs, I can't hear what wait to see how you feel about look at that smile on his face. Look at that
0: smile. It's getting good. This is gonna be fun the next two months. Before we get there, let me ask you about this because living in St. Louis, I, I hear a lot of St. Louis talk radio. Oh yeah. And two thousand fifteen through two thousand twenty, I heard this a lot from Bernie Mick was, uh, uh, oh, Randy right. uh Brad Topps. I, I heard this from everybody. The Cardinals would, would, would be, at that time, they weren't making the playoffs and the Cubs were. And I would hear fans call in or, or do the uh, voicemail or whatever they're doing on someone's particular show. And they would always say, well, would you rather us be like the Cubs and tank for a few years and get all these high draft picks? Is that (laughs) how you want us to rebuild? And I, I did not, I, I, I didn't like that. And I'll tell you why. First of all, many teams have tanked like the pirates tanked for like 20 years and got high draft picks and, Didn't you have to have a plan on what you were looking for in the draft? Make sure you get the best players that fit your organization in order to build from there. And the argument was you know, what teams should do is try to compete every year. So, what you're telling me is that my team, instead of having a few down years to reload, you would rather us take mid tier free agents and throw money at them so we can be competitive when we don't have a team that can win the division. Saying all that to say this, the Cardinals right now are it's kind of the shoes on the other foot. They're not tanking on purpose, but they no, did do bad. a sell off. They did do a sell off. I just want to know, what are your feelings on it? Do you feel like tanking is something that is frowned upon should be against the rules that Even if you don't have a shot, you need to go out and spend money on free agents so you will at least make mediocrity? Or do you believe it is a viable strategy to take a few years to rebuild, get those high draft picks, so you can possibly win a World Series? Because if the Cubs don't tank, they don't win the World Series. They're not a playoff contender. If the Astros don't tank, they're not the Astros of today. And but then again, you have other teams who have tried that strategy and it hasn't worked. What do you feel about it? Well,
1: you know, when I hear the word tank, I think of a team that is just throwing the games. They, they really don't care. I think even when you put the young guys out there, they're giving their best. They're working it off. You're basically just getting rid of your superstars or the players that are can bring you back any kind of value. And you're going for it. And I'm OK with that. Uh, like you said, the Pirates. We're bad forever i don't know they've been tanking but they just it's almost like we're not good enough to really make a run so we're going to get rid of these guys and we'll make another run at it uh the cardinals i think everybody we got rid of wasn't coming back there was a good chance most of them weren't coming back and if we really want them we could go out and sign them as free agents um i don't think flaherty was and montgomery definitely wasn't uh stratton was a free agent he might have came back i I don't know. Uh, DeYoung, that was one of those things, and this happens in baseball all the time. I remember when the uh, Red Sox got rid of Carney Lansford, and I was like, are they crazy? But they had a kid coming up in the minors, Wade Boggs, who I didn't know anything about. And then DeYoung, we believe that uh, Wynn could be even better, even more athletic, steal some bases, uh, maybe hit less home runs but have a better batting average. So to tank it, to lose on purpose, no, but I don't think anybody really does that. But I think as we look at our team, we just didn't develop enough pitching and we had to go out and stock our pitching. We draft a lot of pitchers, but you know, that, that's the same for most teams. There's only a few that have really developed their pitching staff and hadn't had to go outside the Braves that I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing something right. Uh, the Dodgers, they always are in the top. They, dra- they draft at the bottom, and they're always g- good. There's something going on in Dodgertown. And the Astros, a lot of those – now, they went out and got uh, their their big pitcher back, the Cy Young Award winner uh, Verlander. But uh, they have developed a lot of that pitching. The Cardinals, we have a few guys, but, you know, we got Tinkins hopefully coming. But we failed a lot, too. I read an article where we had seven pitchers that we thought were going to be number ones and all of them. Fell uh, Flaherty was one of them. Uh, Carlos Martinez, although I think we give him every opportunity, he just—I don't know if it was upstairs or what—but he didn't have it. Uh, Reyes got hurt, but he had electric stuff. So uh, if that's your strength, you know what? I, as long and but the th- thing on that too is sometimes the fans don't show up. If you if you're bad for two or three years in a row, sometimes the fans. But I tell you what, I give the Cubs uh, the Cubs can get away with that because their fans are loyal. And they see what you're doing, and they still show up. I think the Cardinal fans will – now, you'll have those 20% that just talk smack, and they they may not come to the ballpark, but that's more for me. I'll be there, and I'll be rooting them on. So, to answer your question, Vince, and you know I'm a windy person. I'll get talking a mile a minute. But uh, if that's a strategy and you see some light at the end of the tunnel and every year you see a little progress, I'm not against that at all. No.
0: Yeah, I I like – The previous regime, previous ownership, uh, Jim Hendry was the general manager, did a fine job, took the team to two playoffs. Uh, He had some missteps like Milton Bradley, um, but he he drafted Javi Baez um, and he drafted Wilson Contreras. He did pretty good. Um, He wasn't the personality of Theo Epstein, who even though he was the vice president, you know, and Jed was the GM. Theo was making the calls. One thing I did appreciate, as Theo said, it it was a bad culture there. It had devolved into a bad losing culture. Um, It had devolved to a place where free agents didn't want to go to. And so basically he said, we need to clean out the cupboard, take out all the old expired cans and throw them away in case they're infested with worms and just restock this. His first big free agent signing, Edwin Jackson. Big mistake. But he didn't sign Edwin Jackson thinking he's he going to win 20 games. He signed a veteran who could eat innings because he knew there was going to be a lot of young pitching we had to look at. We found out really sucked. But with the change of culture, that's how we got uh um uh, John Lester who just changed the trajectory of our organization. Because the year before John Lester came, there was no reason in the world he would consider coming to the Chicago Cubs after their 2014 season. And they convinced him, if you come here, we're building something. It's going to be a, a couple of years, but man, you're going to be part of something special. And he bought into it, and it completely changed our franchise. Houston had the same thing, although <clears throat> cheating a little bit helped. But <laughs> yeah. it, it changed the trajectory of the franchise. And then there's been teams like Pittsburgh who just every time they get a star that's approaching free agency, well, we can't afford to let them go. I'm saying you can't afford to let them all go. You got to keep some of them because fans need something to come see. and need a reason to come. Pittsburgh had a pretty good run in the mid teens. Um, making the playoffs, uh, what, three or four years in a row or yeah. three out of five. They, they had a pretty good run. But as those players approach free agency, they got rid of them and they just have been the pirates ever since. So I don't know when you, when you said, you know, the thing about, you know, the Cardinals selling and stuff, I, I just kind of struck something. Maybe that's a, that's a question for our next panel. We have a panel. I don't
1: know. Oh yeah.
0: Cup news. Okay. Starting off, it has been announced that in the Cubs hall of fame, Mark Grace and Sean Dunstan. Um, are in the Cubs Hall of Fame, so congratulations to them. Love both uh, of you guys. This week we did go five and two, and the Tuesday and Wednesday game against Cincinnati, those were epic. We won by a score of twenty to nine and sixteen to six. We scored thirty six runs in two games, and I said last week on this, I don't see Cincinnati staying in it because they have no pitching, and I saw up close no pitching. We played them in a four-game series. The only pitcher that beat us was the Monday pitcher, Abbott, who looks pretty good. The only other pitcher that can beat us is on the disabled list, Hunter Green. Other than that, they just don't have the pitching. But Tuesday, when we won 20-9, Swanson hits a couple of home runs. Bellinger stays hot. He hits a home run. Talkman, who's been the surprise of this team, hits a home run. Horner hits a home run. Wisdom even hits a home run. Off the catcher, but he hits a home run. And then Amaya comes in and hits a home run off the catcher, but he hits a home run and we went 20 to 9. So Wednesday, I'm thinking, gosh, I hope we haven't completely exhausted ourselves of scoring. No, we went 16 to 6 with half going twice, Burrell hitting a home run, Swanson hitting a home run, and even Suzuki hitting a home run <laughs> off the catcher i have never seen a position player pitch two games in a row but uh the catcher i can't remember his name for the reds pitched pitched pop-up duty in both of those games he actually had a knuckleball that would dance a little bit but you know we hit him so thursday we we win five to three against the reds we take three or four from the reds we catch them in the uh in second place we catch them uh in the wild card race um We haven't caught, we've caught them by the end of the week. Uh, What I was really encouraged about on Thursday is Tyon had another really good outing and we need him. And I'll I'll let you know that uh, why I think we need him. Azalei has a save. He is now officially our closer doing a bang up job. So Friday we have the Atlanta Braves come down the big, bad Braves. I'm nervous. Max Fried comes off the disabled list. Oh Uh gosh. I hope he can't find the plate because he's rusty. No, they shut us out. eight to nothing after scoring. 36 runs in two games and a series where we scored 46 runs total. We get shut out by Max Fried for six innings and the bullpen comes and finishes off the shutout.
1: That's baseball for you. That's
0: baseball. Saturday we bounce back. We beat the Braves uh eight to six. And then Sunday we beat them again, six to four. Steele gets his thirteenth win uh to lead the major leagues. leg. gets another save, his fourteenth save. So we've We've taken two or three from the Braves, and we're feeling really good about ourselves. Um, then last night, we go to Shea Stadium. We lost 10-2. to two. John Smiley starts, and I don't – John Smiley, since start number 10, and we're in August now, has had one good outing, and that good outing was when – we used an opener. nesky for two innings, then brought him in. He pitched four and a third innings, oh, gave yes. up one run. That's the only good outing he's had. He should not be starting anymore. I would rather see Wasneski start, Assad start, anybody else with Smiley. The 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 Mets lineup is not that good. You have um, Lindor having. A bad year for Lindor. He still got some power. Um, but the the only person you can't let in this lineup beat you is Pete Alonso. Right. What does Smiley do? He gives up two home runs to Alonso and five RBIs. Thinking, mm. is this is the only guy Walk him. You, walk him do anything. Ah
1: I frustrated. So,
0: anyway, but um I do want to say this that uh uh since we've got Jamer Candelario um he's had 25 at bats going into tonight's game he's got 12 hits you called it 500 four doubles a home run four walks he has an on-base percentage of 552 he has a slugging percentage of 760 for an ops of 1.312 so thank you washington for letting us trade for kane delario he's been a big help been playing mostly first base we've kept madrigal at third which has been something i've wanted and uh I'm pretty happy about that. I do want to say Marcus Stroman, who has not pitched well since London, um, he's on the IL. Um, he did uh, he has inflammation in his hip. They did give him an injection, and hopefully he won't be out too long. And hopefully when he comes back, he's not as bad as he's been since in the Cardinals in London, because he's been pretty bad. His ERA is almost at the four. And it,
1: when Sometimes a, a break little, is good. Sometimes just a little mental break, a little break, let your body heal a little bit, is a good thing, yeah. and he'll be good for the stretch.
0: So we are now 58-55, three games over five hundred, which doesn't sound great, but considering that we were 10 games below five hundred when Max and I watched San Francisco beat the Cubs on June 9th while we were in Cooperstown, and it was like is we're already 10 below 500 seasons still got a month from being halfway over. Ah. So um, we have played excellent since then, and hopefully we can keep it up. Um, I do see the reds fading and I think the Brewers are going to stay in it because they have the pitching and it's like this for me. Our offense can keep up with anybody, but between Stroman and Smiley, one of them, has to pitch like they don't have to pitch like they did at the beginning of the season because they were both pitching a little over their heads. But they have to pitch like their baseball back of their baseball part. They have to pitch at least that good. So we're not having to tax the bullpen. The bullpen has looked great, but if we can only get four innings out of a starter, ugh. We do have viable people who can start. We have, like I said, Assad. We have Wisniewski. We've called up Caleb Killian. We could call up Ben Brown for a game. Um, We don't have to completely rely on these people. We're actually, we're obviously having a down time right now. So that's sweeping.
1: So (laughs) I want to say something about the Cubs. Uh, I, my take on them is they, uh, they were finding themselves. Nobody ran away with the division. I think you guys made some great moves with the veteran presence you have on your team. Bellinger Swanson, uh, Trey Mancini, who you got rid of, but he is a quality guy, uh, a good guy who to sit and talk with the young guys and help them. Uh, Bellinger and Swanson has been through a lot of the playoffs And it's good to have that veteran presence. And I think Cincinnati only has Votto and they haven't really done much in a long time, but the Cubs and the Brewers. Now that's going to be a good show down the stretch That's seven weeks between you two guys. And if you hang close, anything's possible. I really thought through the, the tough times, Ross and the coaching staff kept them moving forward and they didn't give up some teams like the white Sox just sort of, uh, flamed out, or and they're so talented of a team. I don't know what happened to them, but the Cubs stayed the course, and there they are, right in it. And Good well, for but you guys.
0: There's a couple things I want to say that you... you I, I should have said this a long time ago, but I, I guess I haven't because I don't think about it. I think about it when I'm watching the game. There were three quality shortstops on the market. Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson. I wanted... Turner or Correa I really wanted Correa and Swanson would have been my third choice And when Correa uh finally did sign with the twins after the Giants and the Mets fiasco he was yeah. gone Trey Turner signed early with the Phillies he was gone we got Swanson for a lot less AAB. um now that the season has gone and I've watched this guy play every day we got the best shortstop in baseball Nobody feels like this guy. Um, he he is such, he's not athletic like an Ozzy Smith, but he gets to everything he can. He has perfect, and I mean perfect form and mechanics to make any throw for the shortstop position. And he's hitting, and he's hitting with power, and he's taking more walks this year than he's ever taken in his life. And Correa is batting I think in the 220s having a terrible year and then there's the issue with that metal plate in his ankle they're not sure how long that's going to hold out Trey Turner is now down to the eighth hitter in that Philadelphia lineup he's hitting 250 and doing nothing um, so I am just completely thrilled as I've seen this play out that we did get the best shortstop maybe not from their past, but from here going forward, I cannot see a better shortstop for the next six, seven years than Dansby Swanson. I I just marvel at how fundamentally sound he is when he's playing shortstop. Um, and, and, with, he, uh, and he
1: wanted to come to Chicago. He he wanted to be a part of that team, which I think makes it even better for the team and everything. Yeah. You know? and
0: with and Mitchell, Bellinger,
1: I didn't know Bellinger was going to come back like he did either. That guy. Uh, Him, him. I thought him and Yelich's best years were behind him, and they both had a reason.
0: Yelich's having a good year, too. Yeah, he's
1: having a great year, too. Yeah, so that's going to be fun down the stretch, man.
0: The second thing I want to bring up, being you brought up the White Sox, (laughs) my favorite thing that happened this week, we both love Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez hit me three home runs in Cleveland, to give me a memory, I'll still be remembering when I've got two marbles rolling around upstairs. (laughs) That was a cool thing to share with Max in his third home run. You've always liked him. You're picked for MVP. I love him. Great guy. Everybody loves him. So they're playing the White Sox, and he slides into second base, and Tim Anderson straddles him and tags him hard on the back when he was safe and just kept the glove on him and said something to him. And so Ramirez got up and sets up the back and pointed to him. And so Anderson decides, he drops the glove. and He says, you want to fight? And so oh. what's Ramirez going to do? Anderson takes two punches, misses. Ramirez one punch and knocks him on his butt. I thought, oh. yes. <laughs> I don't like bullies. They it's it's I don't like bully culture and I don't like bullies. Tim Anderson, for all the good he does, he can be a real jerk. And apparently he had been calling one of the the, the uh younger players for the guardians been been calling him not not in a good way, just mean-spirited names and stuff like that. And the day before, someone else. Slid into second, and he did a hard tag, and so he'd kind of been antagonizing the team. But you know, when you ask someone you want to fight, at least me, I wanted to make, I want to make sure I could whip this person. Do you want to fight? I'm not asking someone who could whip me. Do you want to fight? Well, so I did today. Jose Ramirez put out a statement, telling the fans he was sorry. Saying I've tried to reach out to Tim Anderson to, to to say I'm sorry, but Anderson will not respond to me. But I'm trying. So Jose's wanting to put this behind him. He's taking actual responsibility, which shows the difference in the two players. Jose realizes we're in a pennant race. I'm suspended. I'm hurting the team. I should have never. I should have just turned around, backed off, whatever. And I should reach out to Tim Anderson and say, hey, let's put this behind us, okay? The White Sox were a disaster. Just read the articles of what's been going on with the White Sox this week. Uh, Stories coming out. It's just been horrible. The White Sox are a disaster. One of the reasons maybe they're a disaster, why they have this poison clubhouse, which was named by a former pitcher, one of the people named was Tim Anderson. Maybe Anderson needs an attitude adjustment. Maybe this little embarrassing knock-on-your-fan-heat to Jose Ramirez will be that. that, um,
1: (laughs) And when they got him up, he was still wobbly, you know? And I know to the Cleveland fans, and, of course, in a perfect world, you do not want to fight, but in the heat and the pivot race and things on the line, and who knows? Things have been going – who knows? This has been – might have been going on for a little while, like you said, and things – build up and things happen uh i mean as a kid i remember well not a kid as a younger man i remember uh ventura another white sock running out to the mound against nolan ryan and we all know what happened and that is one of the moments we'll never forget and uh uh uh, batista and O'Dor getting into it at second base um i mean there's some there's some classics so uh anyway I'm sorry it happened, but Ramirez is like even more of a legend around MLB and in Cleveland. And Tim Anderson's uh, probably not going to be picking any fights anytime soon.
0: <laughs> it, 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 you, you really get your comeuppance when you ask him, he want a fight. And 10 seconds later, you're under a butt trying to figure out where you're at. <laughs> well, the umpire
1: got between them. The umpires was like this, and they both just pushed him out of the way. And there they went,
0: you know? Oh, man comes a time in every man's life when he needs some advice on relationships. You need to listen to the podcast DMDR, which stands for Dating, Marriage, Divorce, Remarriage, from my good friend, Jeremy Connor, the Dr. Phil of the Mood Hill. You can find DMDR on Spotify or whatever platform you choose to listen to your podcast. Woo. <laughs> We're, we haven't done this for a while. We're going to spotlight a few players. Um, JJ, I'll go first, okay? Sure, please. Yes. I'm going to spotlight John Summers. John do you know who John Summers. Summers is?
1: John Summers. Probably had a nickname I would know him by. Uh oh. no, I don't.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah well, Summers. No, I do not know who uh Maybe who... maybe the kind of nickname that would make you special, like maybe a a champ. Champ Summers. Champ, you remember yes, Champ? champ Summers?
1: Sum- I do and he has a Direct correlation with my guy, but
0: I'll let you go first, but yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Champ Summers, sometimes when I do these spotlights, like the one time I did B.B. Richards, just because I mentioned, he had a couple years with the Cubs, but he was just a pinch-hitting bench player, so he didn't have like an impact on the Cubs. And I want to tell you why I decided to do Champ Summers. Um, It was 1979- Me and my friend Scott, we were at the East Dalton Dairy, and there was a sporting news on the rack, and it was about September, and there's a picture of this Detroit Tiger with this tattoo on his arm, and uh, I wasn't paying attention, and Scott said, oh, my baseball coach knows him, and I looked, I said, Champ Summers? He said, yeah, he went to high school with him. Did your baseball coach went to high school with? Him? He said, "Yeah." He said he he's he's from the area, and I, oh well, that's that's kind of cool. So, um, I I've always had an interest in him since then. Um, Champ Summers got his nickname from his father. There there was a rumor that he got the nickname because he won batting championships in the minor league. That's not the truth. Oh, the truth is when he came when he was born, he was so ugly. His dad said it looks like he went 10 rounds with Joe Lewis. And that's why he named him Champ. That is classic. Now Champ, that's what he went by all of his life was Champ. You know, John's first name of Champ is what he went by. He graduated from Madison Senior High School in 1965. Madison is a very small high school. It's still there. It's between Granite City and Venice, Illinois. And uh, um, uh, Twenty years ago, I actually spent a day at, at Madison uh, High School uh, observing a class, which was really cool. Uh, Madison's a small school; it's not been absorbed by the big Grand City School, and the other schools in the area would be Venice, East St. Louis. They've they've kind of hung on to their own little thing, even though it's an economically depressed. The 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 uh, industry there, the uh, what, was it the steel mill that was there. One of the industries that was in Madison, they shut their doors. And so it's kind of an economically depressed town. But at that time, it was kind of like a suburb of Granite City. The the economy was good in Granite City. The economy was still pretty good in East St. Louis at that time. So it was a pretty decent place to grow up. Um, He lettered in basketball, football, tennis, track, and cross-country, And he was also a swimmer and a diver. Wow. Did I leave something out? Uh, Baseball? did, yes. He had not yet played baseball seriously when he graduated from high school. Um, He said that the opportunities were there to play baseball. He just had no interest in the game. So when he graduated from high school, he went to Nichols State to play basketball. And uh, he was pretty good, but he dropped out after a misunderstanding with the coach in other words after a year and a half there he punched a teammate knocked him silly got kicked out of school and you know what happened in the late 60s when you went in school and college oh vietnam yeah he went to vietnam so he went to vietnam he saw a lot of combat he saw a lot of hand-to-hand personal bad stuff so uh That kind of helped him grow up a little bit. So when he got out of the army, uh, he went to SIU Edwardsville, and he played for the basketball team for two seasons under legendary coach Harry Gallatin. And during those two seasons at SIUE, he averaged 18.8 points a game. And in one game, he had a 53-point game. So he was an excellent basketball player. He was talented enough that he earned a tryout from the Memphis Tams, which were an ABA team. He also was invited to try out for the Dallas Cowboys, even though he had not played football since high school. Um, He was just that good of an athlete. So during his senior year at SIUE, uh, he decided he was going to play baseball. He was playing slow pitch softball, and he figured, well, it's not much different. The ball's bigger, you know. I'm I'm an outfielder; you still run and catch the ball. I think I'll go try out for the baseball team. So that was kind of his mindset. So one of the baseball coaches, uh, Roy Lee, expressed a lot of skepticism and told him, "Uh, when's the last time you played baseball?" He said, "Well, I was like 13." He was like, "Okay, so." Why don't you come into the cage and we'll see what you got? So Champ got into the batting cage and swung the bat, and Coach Lee said, Where the hell have you been? That was his <laughs> words. So um his greatest thrill was his senior season. Remember, he played his just his junior and senior season. His senior season, after just pinch hitting his junior season, he led the uh ncaa in home runs and rbis in 1971 he was voted siue's athlete of the year in 1971 hitting 340 uh, one of the other baseball coaches gary collins uh not that gary collins from our magazine but uh, <laughs> a guy up, uh bo collins he remembers the days the champs showed up for his workout he rode up on a harley no shirt on tattoos everywhere Hat on backwards, you know, (laughs) just not looking like a baseball player in the early 70s, um, but he still got the tryout. So uh, while playing at SIUE, he was spotted by a guy named George Bradley, who was a scout for the Oakland A's, and um, the A's owner, Charlie Finley, was not thrilled about signing a guy who had such little experience in organized baseball, but the, uh, the scout was persistent, so I said, okay, the player is almost 25. Go ahead and sign him if you want, whatever. Um, He had played only 35 games of college baseball. His only organized baseball since the age of 13.
1: Wow.
0: So he's a Vietnam veteran. He's 25. He goes to to the A's organization. He climbs the ladder pretty good. He actually played for 10 years in the major leagues for six different teams. His longest stay with one team was a three year run that he had with the Detroit Tigers starting in 1979 when he was traded mid season from the Cincinnati Reds. And it was late that year that I saw him on the cover of the Sporting News. Why was he on the cover of the Sporting News? This guy who was just an average role player. Because after the trade with Detroit, he batted 313, he had 20 home runs. 51 RBI, sold seven bases, and just 246 at-bats. Those of us who played Stratomatic remembered that Strat card. He was great. So this guy uh, who basically played baseball on a whim later in life ended up being the best player on a rebuilding Detroit team for for first-year manager Sparky Anderson, and it was just awesome. Um, his final year was 1984, when he hit only 185 for the National League West uh, Division Champ San Diego Padres. But he is infamous because those of us who are baseball fans who are alive remember the. Let uh, me let me see if I can find the exact date. Okay. Uh, August 12th, August 12th, uh, 1984 brawl between the Atlanta Braves and San Diego Padres. Oh, no yes. It spilled it. Fans were coming on the field. Throwing was water. Spilled. Yeah. So at one point, Champ charges towards the Braves dugout. He's looking for Pasqual Perez, who had <laughs> thrown at Allen Wiggins earlier in the game. So he gets to the dugout and... Bob Horner, the slugging third baseman for the Braves, who looked just like Dusty Rhodes, the professional yes, wrestler. That's right. He was injured, but he went when the melee started. He went and he changed into his baseball uniform in case he needed to be out there for the brawl. So Champ meets meets uh, uh, Bob Horner, and you know Champ's not going to back down. Horner's not going to back down. Horner's you know much bigger Big. than him. Uh So. Corner locks up with him and then two fans from the stands come out. So all three of them tackle him. And then, I mean, they're trying to run. It was just, it was just a terrible melee, but anyway, that that's one of the things he is known for, but I did find this interesting that in 1984, his biggest hit was a pinch hit grand slam April 10th, 1984. They won seven to four against the St. Louis Cardinals. And he hit the slam off of, Bob Forge. Oh. So, anyway, uh, he did play in the 1984 World Series um, with the Padres, uh, struck out and was only at bat. But after an 11 year career, he finished hitting 255, had hit 54 home runs, uh, 218 RBIs. Um, he died in uh, about 2013 uh, from kidney cancer um, and uh, after retiring in Florida. But uh, I wanted to bring up Champ Summers because a local local guy for me. I mean, kind of local. He's in the St. Louis area, but you know, when I grew up, you know, 15 minutes from Madison, Illinois, that's pretty cool. That this guy grew up there, had such a checkered, weird past as a complete rebel, had so many different experiences, which didn't include baseball, which included combat Vietnam. Decides one day, I think I go for the baseball team at SIU Edwardsville. I don't know and became a pretty dang good player with an 11-year career. Those of you who know anything about baseball, you have to play for 10 years to, be, to get the uh, pension program. So even though he didn't make a ton of money playing baseball, he made a good living. His retirement was taken care of. So that's pretty cool.
1: Great uh, spotlight. I did not know half of that. I didn't know he was involved in that big brawl. My memory of that brawl was Ed Whitson without a shirt, and his hair's all messed up, and he's looking for somebody, and the fans are throwing water at him and stuff. And yeah. That was,
0: that was crazy. I I rewatched that on YouTube when I was doing this research just to see the brawl. Yeah, they it, it's oh. classic. Oh, my
1: gosh. Yeah. I yeah,
0: was <laughs> like that. One they had in Cleveland the other day nothing compared to this no so.
1: man i'm 71s and 80s and two when he was with the tigers they were building to that 84 team which is one of the best teams i ever seen in my life so he was a big part of that build up to that for the tigers who uh I believe it was the padres they played that year wasn't it yeah. '84. yeah so he played his old old teammates there yep Well, my guy is, I've been doing a lot of the older players. Uh, I did Sisler and I've done Enos Slaughter and some of those players. Well, my player this time is a guy who, when I was a kid, I just absolutely loved Kenny Reitz and Kenny Reitz was a Cardinal. He played for many teams. He played for the Cubs, played for the Pirates and the Giants, but mainly the Cardinals through the years, Uh, had a great nickname back in the years of the AstroTurf. Uh, he was known as the Zamboni machine because he played third base and anything hit up there. Uh, a Zamboni machine was basically in hockey; it smooths out the ice. Or in baseball, it would uh, after a rain delay or something, it would take all the moisture out of that uh, astroturf. So anything hit in there, he would suck it up, come up, throw it. And he was a very good fielder. Uh, he was, uh, like I said, he played from 1972 to 1982. Uh, He was drafted by the Cardinals in the 31st round. Back then, they had a lot of rounds and 31st draft choices. You never know. Sometimes a first-rounder never sees the light of day. And I remember Mike Piazza was the last pick in the last round one year, and he ends up being a Hall of Famer. So you never know. But he was a 31st-rounder in the 1969 draft. Spent some time in the minors. Uh, He came up with the Cardinals in 72 and played from 72 to 75. Uh, He got traded. To the Giants, and I remember that day he got traded. It was in December at the winter meetings, and we got a pitcher named Pete Falcone. And uh, my friends, my little league friends, were like, "Oh, this is the next Sandy Koufax." I said, oh, "We got the next Sandy Koufax." Pete Falcone was okay, but he was no Sandy Koufax. All right, let's just forget it that way. But he we get him, yeah. Well, that is true. He was supposed to be the next guy, and he looked good too. He looked good. He was out there. He looked pretty cool. But uh, we ended up trading Lynn McLaughlin back in, De- in the next winter meetings, and we got Reitz back from seventy-seven to eighty. Goes over to the Cubs for eighty-one, and it finished in eighty-two with the Pirates, and only played sparingly in nineteen eighty-two for the um, for the Pirates. Now he was an All-Star in nineteen eighty. He was an All-Star and a Gold Glove in nineteen seventy-five, and he had a lot of. Um, well, he played four seasons in the minor leagues with the Cardinals from 69 to 72. And he came up in September of 72 against the Montreal Expos. And they, I just like to say the Montreal Expos. A lot of the younger fans out there don't know. But that is the Washington Nationals, What what they where they used to be, was Montreal. And he came up and had a very good day. He was two for three. And he it was a September call-up. But in 73, he took over for third base. And our third baseman moved over to first. And that was Joe Torre. And everybody knows him as uh, manager of the Yankees, and he's up in the you know in the offices at of St. Louis or uh, in MLB. But uh, Joe was with the Cardinals, had an MVP year in '71, and he moved over to first base, and then uh, Kenny took over at third base, and he led the National League in fielding percentage, seventy-three and seventy-four, and then he won the Gold Glove in '75, and he actually uh, Doug Rader of the Astros. I believe he was with the astros at the time he might have been a giant but anyway he had won it five years in a row so he broke raiders uh consecutive streak there where he finally won the gold glove and um and he led third baseman in filling position in percentage of 77 78 and 80 and then uh, he set the record for errors by third baseman to 77 he only made nine errors which at the time was the record and that's pretty incredible for a Thing and he played on AstroTurf. Now, AstroTurf, you get a more of a a, a a clear bounce, but the ball's much quicker, everything moves faster on AstroTurf. So I don't know uh if it's better to play on AstroTurf or not, but the ball gets to you and on in the hot corner, it gets there pretty quick. Um, but anyway, the reason I mentioned you said champ summers, and I said there's a correlation between Kenny Reitz and Champ Summers, and this is the correlation in uh, 1980. Uh, Kenny went nuts. Uh, He was the All-Star. He played on the All-Star team that year, and he was the uh, starting third baseman for the National League in 1980 in his only All-Star game. But that year, the Sporting News, which you mentioned before, there was one that came out uh, mid-May, and it said, Sizzlers are Fizzlers. And it had a line in the middle on this idea. Kenny Reitz, who was hitting over 400 six weeks into the season, and Champ Summers was on the other side, and he was hitting Four hundred in nineteen eighty in six weeks into the season, and of course by the end of the year, Reach is probably hitting about two sixty. But for the first six weeks, he was red hot and Champ Summers, which is odd. You mentioned him because uh, he was on the on the front of that too, and that was nineteen eighty, and that was probably his best year. And uh, we ended up now. This is in base in Cardinal lore here, but we in it because Reitz had such a good year. We packaged him with a bunch of players, and we traded him to the Cubbies for Bruce Suter. And I know it hurts the Cub fans because I think of Bruce Suter primarily as a Cub. That guy was a, a terror. It was just good to have him on our team so we didn't have to face him anymore. But he was a great Cardinal, too. But he was he played more years with the Cubbies. But uh, anyway, Kenny Reitz, because of that great year, we were able to maybe pry, the, pry him over here to uh, Suter over here to San Luis. He had
0: overfill in the wings
1: too so that's true and that's that's how baseball is you always seem to have a young kid hey we're gonna turn the reins over to him or this one or that one but uh kenny reeds i always remember him because um even after he was a california kid but uh he ended up living he's uh he was born in 51 he passed away in 2021 he lived in saint charles missouri he did a lot of promotions for the Cardinals. Usually, they have autograph days, and Kenny Reitz would be there a lot. Uh, They have a Cardinal caravan when they come back from spring training, and they usually have a an old timer on these buses that go to back to St. Louis in different directions, and they stop in different cities and say hi to the fans and everything. And Kenny Reitz would always do that. And uh when I was a kid, I always, I well, I still collect autographs, but I got a few Kenny Reitz cards right here. And uh, they're all autographed. And I would just remember that he had the long hair and uh, the Zamboni machine. Now, Kenny wasn't the fastest guy in the league. I think if he had a foot race with uh, Poole Holson, Yachty, it'd be a Yachty would finish in last, but uh Reese and Holson would be, uh, you know, tied in there. They had a set of a uh, hundred cards of the hundred greatest Cardinals. And there's Kenny Reese right there. McDonald's put those out and I had him sign that one and then my friend gave me this one he signed it for him but uh there's the old Zamboni machine right there i believe that's a 1978 card right there of Kenny so anyway i have such great memories of him and um uh, during his last few years he became a big golfer and he would go to those celebrity uh golf tournaments and uh you know you would see his name out there and uh so anyway everybody who ever run into him said he was such a nice cordial guy and big part of my childhood there Let's go, Kenny Reeds. So, anyway, that's my thing on Kenny.
0: A couple of things I do remember. Um, Pete Rose had a great quote about him that uh Ken Reeds can play uh third base with a pair of pliers. Um <laughs> and uh he kind of bridged the one year that the gold glove is shifted from Raider to Schmidt. And Reeds was kind of like the bridge. And there was always the discussion, is Schmidt really a better third baseman defensively than Reitz? Or does his offense kind of push him over to where he's winning these gold gloves? They're both excellent defensive third baseman. But uh Reitz uh you know, one of the greatest defensive third basemen the Cardinals have ever seen, and he only won one gold glove, but he was between Raider and Schmidt there.
1: Tough times, uh, yeah.
0: Another quote i do remember and i think it was in jest um after he got traded to the cubs uh he he's told a reporter uh the next time he sees whitey herzog he's gonna punch him out <laughs> and um i don't think it was serious but at the time it was like oh my gosh he said he's gonna punch out whitey herzog but everybody who knew reads is like hey he's not the punching out type of guy. So, but I, I do remember that he did make that statement. And uh, I, I played one year for the Cubs uh, and he was on the downside of his career. Uh, and we were a bad team then. And it probably wasn't fun going to the Cubs and replacing Bruce. <laughs> you know, I'm sure the fans gave it to him a little bit. Oh yeah. So JJ, what are you opening?
1: Well, I've got those Allen Ginter cards, which I bought a whole big old box of them. So until next week, we're going to do another Alan Ginter one. And uh, what's weird is you always mention somebody, and they show up in our packs. So uh, who knows? I doubt if we get a Kenny Reitz in there. I do not know why. They always have an odd card. And Vince, you'll appreciate this. Oh, my gosh, there's two odd cards. I don't know. <laughs> you're not far off. It's uh, He was a Marine he we's been in a lot of movies and uh it's rob regal you know rob regal what the (laughs) heck they saw me coming man rob regal man i want my money back okay you mentioned this guy today but here he is with the tigers javi baez there he is is. there the magician right they called him the magician okay yes uh Oh, my gosh. I don't know anything about this guy. Tony Centillion of the, of the Reds? He looks, he looks at, like he means business, but I don't know that guy.
0: I know and, he's a right-hander.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we were talking about Vietnam, and this guy, I always think of him, uh, one of the three greatest fastballs of all time, first to enlist in the uh, service for World War II, Bob Feller. The miniature card is uh, Bob okay. Feller right there and then i won't even show you i don't know who the heck this is i i have no clue it's a kid (laughs) they saw me coming blake grice who the heck is this if somebody knows uh let me know i don't know they're putting instead of milk cartons they're putting kids on baseball cards now (laughs) (laughs) i I got ripped off of that set
0: (laughs) i i can't believe you're not crying Oh, With the best man. player you got is Rob Riggle. I got Rob <laughs> Riggle, yeah. Uh,
1: Golly man,
0: right. <laughs> I am opening up the 1990 edition of uh, the collector's choice. All right, I hope yours is much better than mine. Okay, what have we got here? Talking about those great. Talking about those that great 1984 Tigers team, oh, yeah. the center fielder and also Chet Lemon. Chet Lemon. Love Chet. Oh. Uh, for the Mets, Blaine Beatty. There he is pointing at God, I guess. I don't, <laughs> I don't know who the guy is, but there he is. Not only did I get Blaine Beatty, yes. I got this clone, Blaine Beatty. What the heck? Oh. I have never got this before. Two of the same cards. Blaine same- Beatty mania. Yeah. Oh, good pitcher for the Giants, Kelly Downs. had some pretty good yes. year.
1: Yes, I remember that guy.
0: Uh, a nice catcher, played for the Phillies, played for the Reds, Bo Diaz, nicknamed the Cannon. Oh, okay. Uh oh, guy barring injury could have been a hall of famer. Eric the Red, Eric Eric, Davis,
1: great player. Yeah,
0: uh, Mark Carrion, pretty good player. Yeah, Yeah, I remember him.
1: Yeah, had a nice career.
0: I got, I got a Phillies, uh, yeah, yeah. sticker there. Like you said, we mentioned them, and there they are. The newest member of the Chicago Cubs Hall of Fame, Sean Dunstan.
1: Love Sean Dunstan. Great arm. One of the best arms and shortstop I've ever seen.
0: We just talked about this man a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, he was in the midst of that run of four seasons when he won 20 games. Dave oh, Stewart.
1: Yeah, yeah the, the death there.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, really good uh, reliever for the uh, Tigers, Guillermo Hernandez. Oh, yeah. Okay. What the heck?
1: Any Rob Regal?
0: No. I got two Guillermo Fernandeses. What the heck? Man. Uh, I finally got a Hall of Famer. Barely a Hall of Famer, but a Hall of Famer. Nonetheless, I like the guy, but I don't think he should have been a Hall of Famer. Harold Baines.
1: I know. That's the guy everybody mentions.
0: Yeah. Uh, catcher for the uh, Pirates, Junior Ortiz. Remember him? Yeah. Uh, For the Montreal Expos, eh. Tom Foley. Yes. And uh, oh, I had this guy a few weeks ago. Uh, pitch for the uh, Twins, pitch for the Mets, pitch for the Expos, Jeff Reardon.
1: Yes, I, uh, Jeff Reardon, very good. I don't so, think uh, a Hall of Famer, but a Hall of very good,
0: very good player. You know, I was thinking uh, a couple weeks ago. Every pack that I've opened of the old time packs, I have opened a few modern packs, but of the old time packs, I've always gotten one Hall of Famer. I was thinking, I just got a few cards left. Am I going to get a Hall of Famer? And I got Harold Baines. So uh I I loved Harold Baines, but yeah, just not a Hall of Famer. But you know. When, when you're good friends with uh, Tony Larusa, and he was a, on the group, I know, I know, did a few birds. So anyway, well, JJ, I hope you have a good week. You too. Uh, Go Cubs! I I want to see them Cubs get in there now. Well, let let me check the score real quick before we get you off. Good. Um. bop, bop. uh Uh. Um. Uh uh to hold on i'm somehow i am interrupting a text oh between my wife and max so oh okay uh, get rid of that oh it is two to two top of the sixth. okay very good and who who are you playing tonight the metropolitans
1: oh yes take it to we've got tampa bay and uh they're uh, hurting right now. Uh, mcclanahan went on the DL They're, I think they're their best pitcher and, uh, yeah. you know, and they started out like gangbusters, but now you got Orioles up there, but uh, something happened with Kenny, their uh, announcer too, Kevin Brown. They, he was critical and they, they sort of suspended him. Did you hear anything about that?
0: I heard something about that, but I don't quite remember. The details. I, yeah. I don't know
1: the details either, but I don't know what all is going on, but I think, uh, I like an announcer who could, Now, sometimes you got to kind of be soft around the issues but you you point out like, Hey, you should have made that play or something like that. I'm all for that.
0: Bring back the Jimmy Piersols.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Well, everybody, I hope you all have a good week and enjoy next week. And we will see you probably Wednesday night. We taped this on Tuesday, probably Wednesday night. So have a good one. Thank you for joining us.